0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: believe. We drink tequila, we talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Socks, socks. Sock. Which means it's gonna get weird, it's gonna get weird.
0: It's just very, very good. Okay, so we immediately need to start with pouring something. <laughs> yes. Um Kate, you're the guest. You can <laughs> we can either entertain you with our very fancy tequila <laughs> that we
1: have today, well, or we're we doing this first. Let's I do thought, it first. Okay, we okay. thought we would do this first. This is a tequila. Your fingers. No, you're fine. We trust okay. you. Okay. You don't have cooties.
2: I love that you brought these type of tasting. Oh yeah. It's very oh, special.
0: You. I didn't bring a traditional whiskey taster glass, also. So this is. I love it. Oh. It is not our first rodeo exactly. here at Team Tequila Talks. Miss Sharon Gonzalez pouring us some very fancy clasez little sippers. Your other host Cassandra Jamel and our very special guest Kate Harris. Hello, hello. And we're super excited for today's episode because here at Team Tequila Talks, we are obviously avid tequila drinkers. And we have Kate, who is an avid whiskey
1: drinker. Well, she's a whiskey sommelier, schooled. She went to school.
2: She makes me sound so fancy. I love it. Not a whiskey (laughs) think I think it might be a whiskey It doesn't have an official name, which is so unfortunate. I asked, and I thought, or I
0: Googled, and I was like, it it just said whiskey sommelier. (gasps) Well, it wouldn't it, be the start of an episode if we didn't. Cheers! Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Thank you. Cheers to this very fancy sipper. We're sipping on Clase Azul,
1: yum, mm, Reposado,
0: mm. ultra premium, in the hand-painted bottle that comes from Mexico. And we thought that if we are going to be going head to head with a whiskey expert today and try to recruit her to Team Tequila, that we had to pull out the big guns. Miss Sharon, what are we drinking?
1: We are drink- drinking Classe Azul Tequila Reposado, which is 100% Blue Weber Agave. This tequila is slow-cooked in an oven. So we, on this show, we've talked about how some different companies they like to steam their agave plant. This one is slow cook, so, slow cooked and aged for 8 months in American whiskey casks creating its unique hazelnut and vanilla flavors as well as its exceptional smoothness. It's eight eight smooth,
0: so it's basically pregnant.
1: It is well
0: yeah it's basically it basically
1: it's, basically it's basically so we're eating oh man, I don't want to say eating the baby, but it's no. oh, drinking the baby. No, you a eat the placenta, place. not the baby. <laughs> This this is like, the placenta is the good stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have have you ever eaten your placenta or known someone to eat a placenta? It it was a little
2: before my time, or a little after when I had my own kids, but if it was around when that was going on, I would have done it all.
0: I would have done it all. I got the placenta encapsulated. Yes. So the funny thing is, is I remember the hospital that I was at. I had somebody that was sort of my advocate and assisting for me because the doctor nurse delivery situation is a little bit different in Canada than it is in the United States. And she came in and I remember that she was saying, don't throw away the placenta, don't throw away the placenta. (laughs) She said she was a doula. And I watched her walk out with it in a plastic bag, like a 7-Eleven bag. And I remember thinking, this looks pretty sketchy. It looked really sketchy, and in case you were already skeezed out by eating an organ that you grew from nothing in your own body, I was, I had questions. But basically, when you cook the placenta, it kills all the stuff, so it doesn't really matter what the container was, but they cook it, they dehydrate it, and then it goes in capsules, and you take it throughout your postpartum. I can't say if I noticed a huge difference, but I guess I wouldn't know because I Since I did it, I don't have anything to compare it to with with not taking it. It sounds like it's extra
2: insurance. Like, it's just extra insurance for the well-being of your child. And, you know, science has
1: come so far. Yeah, because it helps with postpartum and energy and sleep. And it's, I mean, look, if you... You need help with all of those things. Don't they say if you're in the woods, you pour urine on your friend if they get a cut?
2: Have you ever read that? I think you pee on a jellyfish. I've heard the jellyfish, Sherry. This is. Oh, I've
1: heard.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Well, urine is sterile.
1: Urine is sterile. Well, if you're in the woods, let's say we were hiking, we get off trail, and you got a gash on your leg, and we didn't have any antibiotics or anything, we would have antibiotics. We're very responsible. You pee on me? I would pee on you. Oh, you're such a good friend. I this am. sounds
0: like a sick fetish. I don't know if I could be a part of this conversation. That was another episode we had. We learned all about golden showers. Uh, that was a fun one. Go watch that one. Okay, sidetrack, sidetrack. Let's get back yes. to the important so, stuff, the fancy tequila. Yeah, so
1: they take the head and heart of, of the a blue agave, and they use a certain portion of the head, a certain portion of the heart, and a certain portion of the tail with their own proprietary fermentation. No, proprietary yeast. And this is what gives it its taste. Now, are you some, sure we're
0: not talking about babies? Because now we're talking about heads <laughs> well, and tails well, and hearts. Yeast?
1: I know when I, I said the word yeast, yeast, I know. Look, look, let's not go there with the vagine stuff. But this is tastes better than vagine.
2: <laughs> oh, this tastes much better. Although I've
1: never tasted one. But, I was gonna
0: say that. Too. I was gonna say. How do you know? You know. <laughs> That is, that's, it's subjective. You're yes,
1: subjective. and this beautiful, beautiful decanter is very historic. It is unique to Santa Maria, and it's it takes about 350 skilled workers. They are, every single bottle is hand-painted, handmade, and they use an ancient technique, and they basically put their heart and soul, and it's kind of have, it's like, it's called, they call it ancestor's art, because each person who makes it is, knows the ancient technique.
0: Okay, so I'm going to chime in here because we had on Rachel Zalas from Cosmigos. We love her. And one of the things that she didn't mention any tequilas by name. However, she did mention that some of these bottles get really expensive. And this is like a work of art. So I'm sure that if she's not referring to this specifically, she's referring to things like this. The tequila is great. I think it is pretty comparable to the extra Añejo uh, that we had with with Casamigos. However, I can understand Casamigos was saying, you know, this is the everyday you're hanging out with your friends and you're gonna you just want high-end tequila. Taking the fancy out of it, you just want quality tequila. If I were going to a wedding or to a party though, you probably want the nicer bottle. That is more of a you know the difference between a gift and a present? Do you guys know this? No. No. A present is presented to you. So a present is a type of gift, but it is a form a formal presentation of said gift. That means it's wrapped or honored or, or presented in some formal manner. So, for example, if you just say, oh, hey, I picked this up for you. It made me think of you. That was just a gift. But if you say, here is the present that's being presented to you it is formally counted as a present and I think that that is there's something very cool about this I've seen these bottles be repurposed in so many different ways I actually have these margarita glasses um, on my bar I also have six or seven of them set up and I have a vine a living vine that is out of them so a vase I've seen them as chandeliers I've seen them as candle holders and they're all kinds of
1: Art. Yes, my girlfriend um in New York has like thirty of those and she made like this she put it got a custom made glass over it and it's like the legs of a small for sitting on the floor like in a table. table. And it's very freaking cool.
2: Yeah, these are hard bottles to let go of. We've gotten a number of beautiful bottles. I mean that's a big difference that's already icy in comparison to whiskey is these bottles are such works of art. I mean, they're really hard to throw out. I'm constantly trying to think of ways, since I'm a new tequila drinker, to repurpose them. And then and cost-wise, does that add any additional cost? It has to, Well, the quality is definitely there. The quality well, is amazing. Well, yes, and
1: I think we had Casa Amigos on, we love, we're house yeah. of friends, house of Casa yeah. Amigos, but she specifically said, we put all of our money into our tequila, and which is why the Casa Amigos blog, uh, bottle is so minimal. Mm -hmm. because all their money. So you have to think a certain amount of this production is going inside of the bottle, but the amount of production that's going on the outside of this bottle has to be immense.
0: Absolutely. And I think it really depends on what you're splurging for. When you see people in the south of France or in a big mega club, and they're buying things like Ace of Spades or Vintage Dom, there's probably just a regular champagne that taste-wise, blind taste test, is just as good. But you're buying it for the occasion. You're buying it for the aesthetic. I've never met anybody that says, I only drink this champagne because it's a specific taste. No, it's about the celebratory element. It's about having that special bottle for a special occasion or or being on vacation or, or whatever. Well, this totally- is a special bottle. I'm,
2: this, this bottle to me actually tastes like an Añejo to me. I, again, I'm such a new tequila drinker. Um, the other Reposados that I've tasted, I, I just haven't found any type of comparison. This it feels and tastes really special.
1: Well, reposados and anejos are similar, in it's just the roasting times. It's mm-hmm. just the how long they're fermented for is the only difference. But this one, the aroma is agave syrup, vanilla, candied orange peel, and American oak, and with light notes of cinnamon and banana. Now, I can taste the cinnamon. I have a very sensitive palate to cinnamon, and I don't taste banana.
0: I don't taste banana, but I, I do taste the orange peel. And that is why we've talked about several times here on Team Tequila Talks that limes were only really introduced when probably about mid-century when people were trying to sell cheap tequila and mixing it with sugar cane and they wanted something with an extra bite to help wash down that burn that is coming in your mouth and down your throat. If you're trying to savor the tequila and you really want to bring out the flavors, a nice ripe juicy orange is so much better suited. Yes. So beautiful. It's-
1: it is. And I think for when you're dealing with expensive top shelf tequilas, for me, I always think of this as if I'm going to throw a dinner party and I'm going to bring out some pork or anything like that, instead of wine, which I think we, we all go to dinner parties, everyone always brings red wine, white wine, or sparkling wine. But love, I think a rose. It, love a rosé. Love a rosé. But I feel like sometimes if you're at a dinner party, someone says, hey, this particular meal goes great with... Tequila, this specific one, the company says, a rich cut of pork. And it says pork ribs accompanied with acidulated sauce. And I had to Google acidulated because I said...
0: We do a lot of Googling here. It,
1: it was too big for no reason. We do
0: a lot here because this this is all about the journey of where you are at individually on your tequila experience. Or in in your tequila experience and the whole point is is it doesn't matter if you are a whiskey enthusiast or a first-time tequila drinker or a wino or whatever you're allowed to be an expert with tequila or a beginner or anywhere in between and we have to Google all the time because we're constantly learning and we want we, we I am too. want
1: everybody to learn more basically acidulated is any is acid so any so it this specific tequila goes great with any acid based sauce and the cheese they tell you that this is kind of like modeled after is sheep's milk cheese oh which you're speaking my language I know oh.
2: Okay, so one of my favorite things to drink with this is my little almond crackers with the sheep and goat milk and olive oil. Do you know that little jar that's hard to find? Mm-hmm. That that's all you it's need. Like pup, you could just curl. pull a blanket up and get cozy. All in it.
1: Kate throws. <laughs> if you go, if you have the privilege to go to Kate's house, your cheese boards and your Dining, she's a great entertainer, and you're dining. I'm like, ooh, this, I went to her house. In, this was in the lockdowns, and she's like, hey, come over. <laughs> she has this great bar off of the living room, and she had this full – it was just me, her, and one other friend, and I was like, who's coming? She's like, just us. Tons of food, tons of artisan meats, sheep's cheeses. Love that. I And she throws an epic – maybe we can do like a tequila – Party thing at your house. Like you know
2: a- what? We should do that. And it goes back to like this love of spirits and tequila. There is like, it's funny to getting into whiskey and now tequila and I'm, I'm journeying into like gin and stuff as well. There's such an art and a craft around it. It's infectious. Like you just want to know more and there's such a beauty around it.
0: It's an experience. Yeah. And I think that classically wine is paired with meals and you bring in these wines, uh, sommeliers that pair with a chef's experience and you do these wine tastings and for some reason people's minds always go to oh tequila are we doing cheap shots and gonna have a hangover and and dancing on bars sometimes sometimes we dance on bars but for the most part
1: special occasions only special occasions
0: but we I, I mean we drink the tequila as an experience and at for the flavor pro- profiles and to take some of the benefits of tequila such as naturally occurring probiotics mm. we're we're going to find out from you if whiskey has that
1: i know are we ready to taste some of this whiskey i can't wait oh okay well ladies we must um oh. then do not waste this very expensive. wait how much this bottle was about ooh 200
0: i was going to say that's probably a, like a 250
1: it um, was and if you
0: get the uh, classe azul azul añejo it's like 1200 Yes. so
1: this is not that this is his cousin
0: right this is the starter pack Mm -hmm. if you will Mm -hmm. if you want something nice you want a fun gift it's an occasion tequila for sure anniversary but I think the Añejo is more reserved for this person is a tequila person and I want to get them something really special do you know with COVID I've I've decided you know what I'm just gonna spoil myself
2: And I've learned to love this so much. And normally, for like an everyday drink, I would probably sip on something in a lower price point. And I thought, heck no, hell no, I deserve this.
1: Wait, are you one of those people who like, because me and Cassandra always say in LA, there's more Bentleys and Rolls Royces (laughs) than there's ever been in LA. And I've born and raised, I've never. So are you the person who like Bentley and Rolls Royce, your tequilas and your whiskeys? Oh yeah. But you know what? I'm
2: the girl that like will go, will like shop third hand all the way up to, I don't know what, it's what I like. So I don't have any shame. It doesn't even need to be a high end bottle. If it's something that has a good palate and has a beautiful taste, I'm in.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that there are certainly reasons that high-end tequilas and such are priced at that point. But you can also find some of my favorite rosés are like $9 bottles. Easily. They're just drinkable, right? You're not looking for complex. You're not looking for a journey in your mouth. You just really (laughs) want to hang out with your friends and have an easy sipper.
1: Totally. So what do you have there, Kate? Okay.
2: So when I... When you invited me onto the show, I was thinking, "Hmm, what would be a good introduction to whiskey for your tequila audience?" And I immediately thought of a bourbon, as you know, bourbon is a whiskey. It's
0: my fave. It is okay. Yep.
2: And the reason why I thought a bourbon over a Scotch or a rye is because it's primarily fifty-one percent corn, so it's going to be sweeter. It's going to maybe have some of this sweetness and this caramel and some of that deliciousness that's in the reposado or the plaza. And so this is one that I actually have not tried. It's one that I've been wanting to try, so we're going to do it all together. But it's – so it's Woodford Reserve. I'm sure you guys all know. It's one of the oldest distilleries in Kentucky. And – can
0: I chime it, in and say that I've been to the Kentucky Derby many times? It's my favorite, favorite, have you been? favorite thing to do. And so how have you not had this being at the Kentucky Derby? Because so they're a sponsor and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. In everywhere. In so I've had the other ones, but this is their Double Oat.
2: Oh, okay. So okay. this is kind so of... We're getting the, real specific. Let yeah, me make this, sure the
0: camera catches this so we can pop it right in front here. So yeah.
2: this is their Woodford Reserve. You can see the bottles a little... Um, more condensed so it that the traditional wood reserve that you normally would see is a taller skinnier bottle it is that whiskey is really beautiful i tend to like that more mixed some people still like that neat or on the rocks however this double oak should do something really special and i think it's going to be more aligned with um a tequila palette it should be with that with that double oak you should get so uh, real quick with bourbon Bourbon has to be prime. Has to be at least fifty-one percent corn, which is the sweetness. It also has to be charred, distilled, and jeez, um, I'm I'm pulling a, break, <laughs> a brain freeze because of the tequila. That's so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we're just confusing you because
1: we want you to become a tequilier. That's I do, right. I That's do. Right.
2: So then it's cast. It has to be cask legally in a charred oak, white mm. oak cask. So this is then. After that goes into a second oat cast that is not charred, but it's toasted. So that toasting will give, in theory, and it'll be interesting to taste together, a lot of caramel, a lot of sweetness. So Let's here we go. Taste up. And on the nose, you could taste a lot of sweetness already, like a lot of banana. It
0: smells, it's sweet at the front, mm. but not at the back, I would say.
1: So, is this, you said this is one you don't mix or mix? I, I like this neat or okay. on the rocks. Okay. This so, is beautiful.
0: This is probably the Texas in me. Yeah. But when I really was trying to get into higher end cocktails before my tequila education, yeah. tequila-cation, I would have bourbon old fashions, easy oh. sweet, yes. and just an extra splash of orange bitters. I
2: love an old fashioned. That's honestly the only mixed drink that I've ever had with whiskey. Well, maybe back in the day, high school or college, Crown Royal and Coke. Oh, oh geez. Oh well, my oh, man, dad. that's a whole another podcast. That's Ooh. a whole
1: another podcast. That's, Ooh, Crown Royal. <laughs> that's like car oil.
0: Oh no. Oh man. The only the, the only way it tastes worse is <laughs> coming up <laughs> than going down. That's um. I know.
2: Old Fashioned is so lovely, and I still think you should do a really nice whiskey with the Old Fashioned. I still don't think that's a time to cheap out. And do you do, do like
0: a... rye or bourbon with your Old Fashioned?
2: Okay, fashion? so I, if I had, I'm a rye and scotch girl. Like those, I love all whiskey, but my choice, I like a spice. I like a little more spice. Rye gives that spice. Scotch gives that spice.
1: However, in regards to this, I think it's really nice. Dude, what did you guys think about oh, this? Oh, I love I think it. think it's tasty. I, I think yeah. it compares a lot to the, it, it goes kind of nice with the Clos Azul.
0: Caramel so, notes, I could absolutely see drinking this or tasting this with an orange slice. Beautiful. Or an orange I don't want to say chaser, but just sort of having an orange slice on the side that those candied oranges, yeah. like those dry Ooh, candied oranges would
2: yeah. be really beautiful. Even mm-hmm. on like a goat cheese could be really lovely. Mm. This there's a lot of oak. But I like that there's not a lot of spice, which may be really nice for your tequila drinkers. Mm-hmm. For someone that is not an experienced whiskey drinker, what do you think? I know you're my bourbon girl over there.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely partial to the bourbon for mm-hmm. sure. I will drink a rye if it's in a custom mix mixology cocktail. But yeah. as a tequila person, maybe that's why I made such a natural transition. And I never had a hard time sipping nice tequilas i mean i'm not talking about the cheap ones but when when i would be presented with a tequila like this clase azul or you go to a restaurant and they say well we have this really special tequila as an after dinner drink or something we're going to serve it neat or with one ice cube etc it was very reminiscent of drinking a bourbon a bourbon on the rocks or a light bourbon old-fashioned and that maybe to me that's why it was such a natural transition there's some similarities here for sure. There are some similarities.
1: I I know the fermentation process is a grain mash for bourbon a sour mash. Was, sour is it a sour mash or a grain? It's ma- a sour
2: mash with grain, right? It's a it's a grain oh. mash that it's it's malted. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: There. Okay, so tequila is not a grain mash okay. and it says barley, I know I was researching barley, wheat, and what else? Corn, corn. Um, yeah.
2: So ha- so scotch is only barley. Um, Tennessee whiskey, you can kind of do whatever mash bill you want. They do have some of their own. I'm not even quite sure if they have some legal terms that are required. I know with bourbon, there are legal requirements. In regards, again, bourbon, 51% corn is what is required. And then from there, and and it's funny with a lot of bourbons nowadays, they're not showing age and they're not also revealing their mash bill.
1: What does that mean?
2: It's, so it means that... I can taste a little rye in here. So I'm going to guess there's maybe, if if there's 51% corn, I'm going to guess there's definitely some rye in here versus barley. I think it's a
0: part of keeping that proprietary mash bill to the distillery. mm -hmm. That is my best guess. And all of these companies obviously have their own family formula, secret formula, classic recipe, and they never share with you, hence the proprietary blend. These are all grain-based completely just random question here. Does it count as gluten-free?
2: Okay, so when you ask about probiotics, I have to tell you, I know a lot about whiskey. I don't have an answer to that. My guess will be a no, but to your audience, I really, let me research that and get back to you. Right. But it's not gluten-free, so I have a real gluten intolerance. So real quick, I have family history of whiskey. Our My great-great-grandfather owned a bar in Wisconsin. He distilled whiskey, so like, it's in the blood. Mm. It is in the blood it doesn't agree with me all the time and after i got my certification and whatnot i, I realized i was getting extra swollen and it wasn't from excessive drinking just swollen and not <laughs> maybe it was excessive
1: drinking I'm about say you know what <laughs> it could be either you know your monthly friend it could be lack of water but you know <laughs> traveling traveling yeah. and a little dehydration from drinking yeah it is if you're allergic to wheat if you're sensitive to
2: yeast i would probably stay away from it but then that might that might be all alcohol,
1: but barley not tequila. Yeah, tequila see? does not have. Point is
2: in the tequila column, Te- which is why I've I have taken that dive into tequila.
1: Yeah, because I was researching. They do have. Um, this is low carb. Whiskies and bur- bourbons are on the lower side of the spectrum in terms of sugars, but the non gluten free aspect. If you have like any type of gastro problem, because of the inflammation Just inflammation levels. in general. Yeah. If you are
0: prone to allergies, mm-hmm. if you are prone to digestion issues, IBS, Crohn's, if you're prone to anything that is going to flare up your system, then unfortunately yeah. this could be, it could irritate you. It's probably not the right spirit for you, however...
2: My favorite whiskey right now happens to be a gluten-free rice whiskey, and I was speaking with you about it is last night. it Japanese? Time. It's Japanese. It's mm-hmm. Kokori. I am hesitant to share it with your audience because I think it's actually one of the most special whiskeys that's out there right now, and it's about to blow up.
0: Well, so you don't want people taking it off the shelves? <laughs> is that, that what you're all, saying? Because it's so hard to
1: find. Well, th- I, interesting you say that because we're going to have on our show, the rice tequila is blowing up too. Rice okay. tequila, not, I mean, this is like sacrilege yeah, to some what of the listeners. It is listeners.
0: sacrilege. It
1: is basically. Wait, this they, is sacrilege to your partner. It, it is. Yeah, it what
0: is. is that? That just sounds I, really it's, wrong. It's
1: a new way where they're using rice and they're, because, you know, they I forget it's called congee rice when it's so slow cooked for a very long time. It's like a porridge. It's like a porridge. Yeah. But then if you, if you add like any type of like proprietary yeast to that or any type of fermented whatever, I know, I know, it's very controversial, which I'm sure it is. With rice bourbon or rice whiskey, but I think this new and it's more sustainable. I heard which you I can do get like down that. with.
0: Yes, you know I you, love my sustainable. I like I that too. High five. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's
1: like, but long. I think I think that's very interesting. But I do want to point out that I did some research on what's better for you, and I have to say tequila wins.
0: I think so. The think
1: whiskey bourbon.
0: So I mean, we just know that based on. Experience and gut instinct, but let's explain for the people that are saying, but hmm, why is that?
1: Well, tequila is made with agave, which has agavins in it. And agavins basically are, it's a sugar, right? It's the heart of the... um...
0: It's a natural sugar. I think that sugar is demonized these days, and rightfully so, because sugar is the cause of a lot of chronic health problems, absolutely. However, sugar is a blanket term, and too much of any kind of sugar is bad. However, some natural sugars in moderation are... Okay,
1: and we know that tequila is a no carb, low carb. They just use it for its for its properties, and it also aids with weight loss, weight control, diabetes management, anti-inflammatory oh properties, et cetera, et cetera, And I, when I was doing my bourbon uh, whiskey, up. when I was doing my burby, bourbon whiskey research, I said, oh, is it anti-inflammatory? But one point that did match tequila was it's great for diabetic certain types because certain types have lower sugars. Glycemic index. Right, so
0: always, we always hear at Team Tequila Talks say, check the label. For your food, your non-alcoholic beverages, your alcoholic beverages, your tequila, anything that you're putting in your body, you should at least take the 14 seconds to read the label and know what you're putting in.
1: Yes, but I will say this is lovely. And wait, I have a question. Is this what Negroni's made out of? Is it bourbon?
0: Negroni is gin. Unless you're dealing with a Negroni Spagliato, in which case it's bubbles like Prosecco. Ooh, Ooh. nothing like a girl that knows her drinks. Yes. I love it because
1: <laughs> I was like, "This, this, this, this is this Negroni." I didn't know Negroni was gin.
0: Negroni is gin, and it is with Campari. And I love a Negroni, but it can be a bit heavy. I only will drink Negronis if I'm a at some fancy type of mixology bar, or if I'm at a very nice dinner. Mm. And I love a Negroni, however, with the gin and Campari is a very bitter taste. It just is a lot to start off your meal. I believe in working your way through a beverage menu the same way that you would a food menu. I would like a light aperitif. Nothing wrong with a classic French 75 or a little Cure Royale or anything that is just going to be light and leave a bunch of room in your stomach and keep you clear-headed yes. to enjoy your meal. Yeah. And so I like to do a Negroni Spagliato at the Ooh. beginning of a meal because I in need s- to take notes. <laughs> <laughs> instead of gin, you're using Prosecco. So it's much more similar
1: to an Aperol spritz. Which is what we normally, me and Cassandra, we day drink a lot.
0: Is that yes. what you
2: mean? Hey, I have? a lot. Yes. Uh, okay, so I, that was a little much. It was too sweet. It was too syrupy or too sweet. And okay. perhaps she didn't like it was how the mixologist much. did it. Also, so I'd like to try it's it again. It's a pretty standard
0: recipe. It is. They actually print it on the bottle of apérol. It's three uh-huh. parts, two parts, one part. So it's a pretty standard recipe. And as long as you don't have a bartender who is completely out of it, it's you're gonna kind of get an apérol spritz. Should be very similar no matter where you go, but. Aperol itself can tend to be kind of sweet. The Campari is similar in that it does have that undertone of orange peel, but it's more like you're eating the essence of the orange peel instead of the inside fruit of the orange. Mm-hmm. So you're still getting that citrusy undertone, but yeah. it is much more bitter forward. Mm-hmm. And if you like rye and scotch, that means you kind of like a bit more mm-hmm. yeah, a bit more of a punch on your tongue. Yeah. So you might be more inclined to a Negroni spagliato. Okay, so I, I'm putting that on my drink
2: list to go do right after this.
1: <laughs> well, look, it but is not above me. It's,
2: <laughs> But I really appreciate what you guys were saying in regards to planning your drink along with your meal, because I have a theory. I feel like wine, there tends to be conversation around seasonal wines and what's good for spring and summer. I don't feel like necessarily that conversation is going on in regards to whiskey, and I'm not even sure for tequila. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I've always loved to pair seasonally also, because I think there's some that have more cinnamon clove that, those type of notes that I think are really beautiful for winter. And then there's some that are more floral. That like, I love to pair also seasonally, and I don't feel like people are necessarily um, having those conversations in this, in the hard liquor world, the spirits world, unless it's perhaps gin. Maybe it's a little bit in the gin conversation. Gin is yeah. very
0: adaptable, but I think that like tequila – it is more, what are you pairing it with in terms of the mixer? So, for example, in the summer, I pair my tequila with a lot of berries or watermelon. Hmm. Whereas in the winter, it's going to be much more citrus. Because all of the oranges, we love a blood orange. We mm-hmm. just got through blood orange season. And I feel like the first few episodes here, we were doing blood orange, blood orange, <laughs> orange. Because we love them and they were seasonal. But it's less about the seasonality of the tequila itself and more about what are you mixing it with.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree, and I also think when it people don't necessarily think of tequila as a seasonal thing. Where I won't drink a glass of red wine in the summer at brunch anywhere.
0: No, and I won't do an apérol spritz in the winter generally.
1: Right, so I definitely think wine is definitely like rosé summer all day, rosé summer all day, or whatever. Uh, see, I'm
0: year round for rosé.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we drink. Look, maybe like maybe a a, champagne
0: maybe, t- is very.
1: Year round, I can drink, drink champagne like water. Are
2: year round? Yes, they have a similarity there.
1: Yes, and I can drink champagne like water. Me, too. me and Cassandra can drink lots of rose. Look, people, we do the research so you don't have to. That's I mean, correct. that's our job.
0: <laughs> What's our next whiskey that we're drinking? Okay, and we want to talk about it. This is—is is this a rye? This is a rye. This Let like me grab some fresh glasses. This one says single malt Scotch whiskey.
2: Okay,
0: so this is our Scotch. So yes. I brought this specifically
2: for you because I know that you like a little smoke. I was gonna ask
0: if, if you're a Scotch fan, are you a Mezcal fan?
1: She likes mezcal. I, I like that almost
2: more.
0: Oh, did I you do. Miss the mark? I here? do. No,
2: are you kidding me? This is my this is my favorite. It's so lovely. Thank you so much. So this is a very entry-level for any, again, your listeners, your audience that like and I'm not sure how to mezcal? Mm. Okay. So if you like a little smoke, this is a beautiful entry What's level bottle. What's the name bottle. of it? This is Lagavulin 8 year. And if you're familiar with whiskey, this is a this name has such tradition. You may have even heard it even not even as a whiskey drinker. So Lagavulin, I know you want to hear that. Ah, I love that. So this has a little smoke. Now the smoke is going to be different from a different from a mezcal because this smoke is part of the malting process with the barley. And it's actually from peat from the island of Scotland. And peat is like this this deeply composed organic mm-hmm. material that's thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. It's unbelievable. And they actually use that to dry their their barley. So, any smoke that you get to some people, not a seasoned drinker, this may be a lot of smoke, but in the whiskey roll, this is kind of a nice little entry level um, smokiness, it's, but it's a de- very different smokiness than I would say to the mezcal.
0: It's very complex. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here's, I mean, and I have a question for you too about scotch because Japanese whiskeys really have exploded in the last, two, would you say, two decades? Maybe. Especially in the past seven years. Okay. Yeah. Right. So before that, if you were drinking bourbon specifically, you're talking about like a pocket in Kentucky, more or less. Yeah. And it's got. And if you were drinking scotch, you were drinking. If your other, if you're drinking scotch, you're drinking from Scotland or Ireland, right? Scotch is from Ireland. Right. So, right. I, from
2: uh, I'm sorry, Scotch is from Scotland, Scotland right. purely from Scotland. Mm-hmm. Irish, anything from Ireland is Irish whiskey.
0: Got mm-hmm. it. Okay, different so spelling and everything. If you were looking at whiskey before the Japanese market exploded, you were talking about Ireland, Scotland, or basically the South in the United States, right? So, do you have to is Scotch only from Scotland? Yes. Is that a is like so? Champagne is only from Champagne exactly. In France.
2: Exactly. So everything is quote a whiskey. But it's not a scotch if, if it's not distilled in Scotland. So Japanese, it's a Japanese whiskey.
1: Yes. and it, I mean, I appreciate, I like Japanese whiskeys. Um, I got really into it because a friend of mine only drank whiskey. And he was like, Sherry, you're going to drink whiskey. I think it's very smooth. This particular Lagavulin, Lagavulin. is why is, are you even trying to pronounce that? I don't that? You know like my words. Right Sorry. And Sorry. I'm just
2: impressed. You're like putting that down. <laughs> I am. But you know what? I feel like I might get a,
1: a hair or two on, on my chest. Well, I this. already had a few they laser for that. in
2: the past minute. So it's all
1: good. This is very, um, I would say, bold. Mm. You know?
0: So it's, I say complex. You say bold. As an expert, how would you, if you were trying to pitch it to somebody, one word?
2: One word? That is so hard. I actually think it's a really smooth, smoky scotch. That's three words. Yeah, <laughs> You're too for being smart. for being smoky, I think it's really beautiful. Mm. There's a refinement to to it that I really like. And going back to the Japanese whiskey, real quick, I didn't like any Japanese whiskey. I appreciated and respected their distillation because they had such like a discipline, and there's like a, an absolute art around it. And this kakori, this rice whiskey, is so special. I, I'm, it's funny, like I love all whiskey. I haven't exactly found a Japanese whiskey that I loved prior to this this kakori. This Ooh, rice whiskey. I mean, with the
1: Japanese, they know what they're they doing. They do, and it's a deep, deep craft there. Mm-hmm. It's, like, super cultural, too. To yeah. If you're going to learn something, you have to learn it to, like, piss You have to learn it to the bottom, and then they work their way up. It's just the culture.
2: With this Lagavulin, I think it's appropriate, neat, without ice, or with ice if it's a little too strong for you. And, again, this may not be for the seasoned what about the, the whiskey cubes,
1: like the a whiskey metal cube or the stones, i got whiskey stones
0: at home. Yeah. I love that.
2: I would be curious. I mean, that that's probably what I should have done. Is brought a little a water. You know, in the whiskey world, you add like a drop or two drops uh, of water. Uh, why do you do water? that? water? Because it opens up the flavors and it really changes things. And the ice cube will change things. I almost wonder if a large ice cube might make this um, too complex and too smoky. I'm not and and sure. that's
0: why you have a lot of those whiskey glasses where. They the the giant balls or the stones can roll around, mm-hmm. and as your hand melts the ice, it slowly softens it up as you're drinking it. So it's more of a, of an arc of an yes. experience. Yes, if you want to start drinking whiskey with ice, a few pieces
2: of ice is just a beautiful way to start.
0: Okay, so we are gonna uh, we're gonna come back to our third as we sip on this lovely scotch here. Yes, but we would like to talk a little bit about. What we're drinking for this big event coming up. The Oscars are this weekend.
1: Right. And Kate has, Kate, tell us your background in styling and tell us a little bit about yourself. Why you're an expert on here on Team Tequila Talks to talk about this.
2: Yay. Okay. Well, I just actually retired from the fashion industry literally two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. So it's been about 15 years in the fashion we'll industry. Well, cheers to your retirement. Yes. yes. And, and hello to alcohol and other things. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So my background is what started with personal styling. I was a PA at Will & Grace, and I worked everywhere within that department. And then kind of solely was helping out in wardrobe because I was always making my own clothes. I came from like a mom that always made her own clothes for fashion reasons as well as we just didn't have money. So she was always very creative and very innovative. So I was always very obsessed about fashion and models and all that stuff. So... Um, what started from personal clients, from writers, even from that show, and kind of grew into this whole thing that kind of word of mouth brought me into celebrities and into, and my biggest love is editorial work. It's the worst paying gig for a stylist, but right. it's the most creative and I loved it and I loved it. And um, yeah, it was a beautiful, it was I had a lot of fun. And
1: you did it for like 15 years, yes. which is why Oscars are coming up pretty shortly. Okay. And there's some I mean Oscar style is probably like just as big as the Met I feel like. Oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. I used to throw when I well since covid but now I'm going to throw an Oscar viewing party where yes. we sit on the carpet and we just be like yes, work it or no girl, fire <laughs> <Yeah>. your stylist.
0: <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about these. Right here. There's, yes. That's where we're landing. Okay, we got Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman, and Kristen Stewart. Oh, I have so much to say about I know, all of who, them.
1: Out of those batch of girls, who do you think is the best in terms of, like, red carpet fashion?
2: Okay, I may be a little partial, and I may also be a little rock and roll, but I love Kristen Stewart's style always. But it's also because she's in line with Chanel. Like, she always has it pimped out. As well as Olivia Coleman, I always feel like she's really put together. Classy. Yes. Classy. And it's always put together. You know, I love and respect when someone's put together, but it's age appropriate. It's them appropriate. Like I, when I had clients, it's all about, tr- let's dress you for you. We're not going to make you something that you aren't. And I feel like that could come across on a red carpet when stylists are dressing something. You just kind of go, that's not working for them. Yeah. Or that's
1: too young for them. Or that's too mature even for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I think on that list, I am a huge Jessica Chastain fan and also red carpet. She was in, what's that festival in the south of France? Cannes. She was in, is it Cannes or is it Cannes? Oh
0: Cance. boy, are we going to have to oh, Google again? I thought we were going to go there.
1: one damn episode without having to Google <laughs> something. I call it Cannes. Cassandra, call it cans. I should call um, my
2: husband. He's French.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think her style is sexy and very... Um, She's, like, educated sexy. But
0: she's also got old Hollywood glam coming through. Yes. I'm working on, like, a, a bit of a renovation or, like, a decor right now at home, and I really am wanting to lean into the Hollywood Regency look, which is the 30s so glory days of beautiful. Hollywood, right? Yes, she um, has that for she sure. She has that She's vibe. always put
2: together.
1: It's ri- and She's just classy. She's so beautiful. I agree. I think... Kristen Stewart, is. she does have that fresh take with, like, her sneakers and her dresses. And, I mean, she's obviously, you can't go ever wrong in Chanel. They dress her so well with her, Her I think she has platinum blonde hair, shaved sides. I think, you know, my ultimate all-time favorite would be, like, a Natalie Portman yes. or Holly Berry in her Ellie Saab Lupita dress. And she, yes. Nailed it
0: every, every single time. time. Even you know her wrists, nobody ever looks at her risks and goes... Uh, nope, that was a no. It, it, at a very, I think the most negative thing that anybody could say about her risks are, oh, okay, that's interesting. Good for her for taking <laughs> that risk. She just off. she just looks like she's meant to be there in things that could other on other people look like curtains. And, you know, I have to say... If Kristen Stewart came out in tennis shoes,
2: I I don't I I don't think that's right or appropriate. I'm just kind of a little more traditional that way, and especially coming out of COVID, like I'm sure you have followed all the past shows during this duration of COVID, and it was a little, it was heavy. There was kind of a heaviness, and I understood like and with things that are going on politically or mm-hmm. whatnot, like people didn't really want to celebrate fashion, maybe, right. per se. Even the Met Gala was a little more subdued. Or maybe so Stuart. Felt... Stewart. I, I feel like it's a time... I'm really curious to see what the red carpet
0: is going to be like, because it's the first time we are maskless. I know. We are, well, and that's the thing, is I think that some people might have felt guilty. But if anything, in my opinion, the last few years where so many things have been taken away and we were deprived it's all the more reason to celebrate because we are here and we are celebrating life and we made it through this for the most part. That's not to say that there, were, there weren't things that happened that were devastating to people in different <laughs> ways. But if anything, we should say, you know what? We have this opportunity now. Let's celebrate it.
1: I agree. And I think the person that I love the most, J-Lo just went, what, what, what award show? I Heart Radio award show last night. And I think J Lo is probably one of my all-time favorite red carpet person because she understands the assignment every time. She wore that green dress the other night; it was green sheer with like a bodysuit underneath it. And I'm just like, you could have wore that in the 70s, and it would have still been excellent. She, she dresses knows her for body. Her body.
2: Exactly. Ding, Another ding. high five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she knows her body. Although I have a feeling everything looks good on her. Oh, yeah. But, she, and, but you know what I love? She does know her body. She kind of has like the same look, but she does push it in her own little way that makes it fresh.
1: Yeah, because what works, works. I know, yeah. I know my body and what works for me. I will do variations of that, but I stick to kind of maybe different color schemes yeah. or whatever. But I definitely like to... Keep it basic.
2: Okay, so Sophia, who is that actress? Sophia, she's on Modern Family. Sophia Vergara. I love her as a person. I think she's stunning. She needs a stylist. She needs me. She I'm dresses so exactly beautiful. the same. You just retired. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, it's like she's so special, but she's. She's dating herself in her attire. That's a perfect example, and I have to say, this also pertains to Penelope Cruz, who is an actress. That's up for too a many
1: bows, while. too many bows. I'm like, girl, let the bow in the back, the bow in the front, the one-shouldered bow. Just I'm like, I understand you love bows, but let it go. I agree. Yeah,
2: yeah, she she needs some direction, yeah. healthier direction.
1: I do think sometimes people are like, I am an actor, and this is like a silly part of my business. <laughs> so they they try to say like, I'm just, I'm not going to focus on fashion. This is about my talents. Like, no, focus on the fashion. That's what I'm here for.
0: Well, that's part of the business is the glitz and glam. And you don't have to love that part of it, but there are parts of everyone's jobs that they love or hate. Some You could take two people that are in the exact same position, and if you had them write a list of what your favorite and least favorite things about their job are, those lists are probably going to be different, yeah. at least in some capacity. So if you're going to be there, just own it. Dive in, commit, and just really go for it. Do you know who I love? Is it Meryl Streep that sometimes just doesn't
2: give a... And she just will come. Or Julia Roberts. She'll come in a beautiful pantsuit and like <laughs> wave and I don't know, but I like you've been it to like, that many though.
1: I know, yeah, but true. she's had some very big moments. Julia Roberts. Huge Remember that moments. black and white number she wore yes. when she got the Oscar for whatever she got the Oscar yes. for. I was like with the red yeah. bouffant. When her hair was, I mean. Yeah. I think she's she's like, I've already been there, done that. I'm fab. Pull up my like resume. Thank you. Of red carpet yes. style. Yeah. Totally. I'm in
2: I'm over 40 in perimenopause, and I need to wear pants. <laughs>
1: sorry.
2: Sorry. That might just have been not, a personal note. Just
0: not white ones till you're fully in menopause, <laughs> right? Because you
1: can have accidents, people.
0: Yeah, you, you can. You can think
1: it's over Ooh. and then boom.
0: True. <laughs> oh. I'll tell you later. <laughs> well, on that note, we do have to wrap it up. Do we have any final thoughts? Tequila V. Whiskey,
1: I'm a tequila person, but I do think I liked the Woodford Reserve better, the double oaked Woodford Reserve, better than the Agavulin.
0: What? <laughs> what? Oh, bless you. <laughs> Haju Agavulin. Okay. What are your thoughts? Or have we converted you?
2: Okay. So I a little backstory, a fast one. When I was 21, that was my bad tequila story, and that's why I never drank tequila until my cousin. Our mutual dear friend, my cousin, a dear friend of yours, she has been trying to convert me for years because I was such a diehard whiskey fan. And she has converted me. And so I'm really excited about this world because I'm not able to drink whiskey like I used to because of the gut gut
0: issues. You're not going to have that problem with No, and I do not. Okay. And it's a dang good buzz. Well, maybe we'll have to have you back for the Mezcal. Oh,
1: yes. yes. I like your scotch. Yes. So basically, our mission was accomplished. She is a tequila, tequila A. Tequila yes, I a. think, you
2: know what? On that note, I promise you, girls, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go sign up tonight, and yes. I'm going to do that. All
0: right. Thanks. Sharing education in the tequila yes. world, one person at a time. That's what we do. Delicious. Kate, hey, thank you so much.
1: Thank you
2: oh so God. much for thank having you, me.